0: Have you heard what they said on the news today? Have you heard what is coming to us all? That the world as we know it will be coming to an end Have you heard? Have you heard? Hello and welcome to the 1201 podcast. My name's Callum Watt. I'm recording from the 1201 podcast vault on day two of the uh, quarantine. Uh, I'm here with, or rather I'm not here, uh, with Callum Roper. Where are you recording from Callum?
1: I'm currently recording from sunny South London.
0: And you're coming through a lot clearer as well. We were having some audio issues earlier. so Yes. Know. Uh, we're also here with, or rather again not here, with uh, Bradley Orsop, who I believe is also in Lincoln, but in a different part of the city.
2: Yeah, I'm back in Lincoln, working from home for the foreseeable future. Uh, excellent.
0: Yes, no, it's um, been quite a surreal experience for me. Um, we were saying in our previous attempt to record, um, I've been working from home as well. Um, and I found that uh, despite the fact that uh, we're all supposed to be working from home, I have occasionally had to pop back to the office uh, to pick up post and use the uh, the printers and found some of my colleagues Uh, sneaking back, uh, and uh, we've had to sort of very carefully avoid each other in the the corridors. Um, So people are starting to uh, take the matters seriously, um, but perhaps not as much as they should have done uh, over the last few weeks. Um, The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has been gradually ramping up the government's response to uh, the coronavirus outbreak. Um however just a couple of weeks ago he was saying um that I am proudly still and I think it was verbatim proudly still shaking hands, meeting people in hospitals. Um and unfortunately it seems not to have percolated down to the uh, general population. Uh we have heard today that people are in Lincolnshire are flocking to Skegness. Um to are they, are they treating this as uh, a sort of holiday
1: uh, well, it's, it's being treated like a bank holiday yeah mm. and, and there's there's sort of queues for the tip and people before they shut the pubs on Friday loads of people were turning up for a last hurrah drink is it's all very irresponsible from a lot of people which is which is concerning really that nobody's taking it seriously
0: yes or or not enough people and the, the 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 issue is that um if only a few people are careless then they can become super spreaders um yeah it's uh, yeah. I, I went to um uh i took a bit of a risk i must admit um a week ago i went on a, uh, a stag do um but we were we spent most of the time playing D&D. It was a very strange stag do. Um but when we did go out we could see all of the local pubs were full of people. Um and um it's quite scary because you just think how many people is this going to to kill. Um, yeah, monthly. Um then in Lincoln the pubs have now obviously all closed in line with uh, everywhere else um but it has had i i do feel quite conflicted because i used to work in the service industry um and i know a lot of people who still work there and they have just now lost their living
1: yeah yeah that's that's the difficulty and i know over the last week or so there's been a lot of calls for people in in that industry specifically the people that are not on contracts and zero-hour contracts, because that means they have no guaranteed living. Mm-hmm. That's the main concern: is that people want a, a nice, comfortable contract. They are being covered by the government. It's the same we can say about renters. Homeowners are being covered. Their mortgages are going to have a holiday period or whatever they're calling it. Mm-hmm. But if you're renting, yeah. you're still left uh, open to having to pay your rent, even though you might not have an income necessarily.
0: Mm-hmm. The government's um, given landlords a mortgage break. Do you think that they should get um, give people
1: a rent break as well? Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that only it's only logical that if the landlords haven't got that financial burden of a mortgage, then the then the tenants should also have that financial burden of having to pay the rent taken off their shoulders.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It would it would only be fair, and I think if we had a if we had a, a Labour government in in power at the moment, uh, I think there would definitely be or I would hope they would be doing that anyway
2: um, yes. I, do, I do think it, it. the issue of why people aren't taking it seriously I think in some ways you can understand why it sort of flies in the face of you know basic human psychology really doesn't it you, you can't if presumably most of those people that aren't taking it seriously aren't actually displaying symptoms themselves um, or at least aren't feeling really ill otherwise they would probably be in bed so, you know, they, they don't feel like there's anything wrong with them. Mm. Um and when you go out and you you, you could be spread it, you know, if you go on a night out or something, you could spread it to potentially dozens of people. Um yeah, yeah. they they can't see that happening, can they, if when they're doing it. Um and they'll and they'll never know, you know, for definite what the impact of that was. So I suppose that, that's why some people aren't really taking it that seriously is because they, they can't feel or see or mm. witness what has actually been mm. the result of their actions. But I, I do think there's a sort of a, almost a Brexit mentality to some of it. Now, some some of the people I've seen on Facebook, not so much now, I think it's sinking in a bit more now, but but maybe a week ago um, that were saying, oh, you know, all this rubbish about self Isolating, um, unless you... Unless you've got an underlying half condition, just just crack on with your lives, all the rest of it. There is a don't, correlation- let
0: the vi- don't let the virus win. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there,
2: is, there is a correlation between those people and, and, and their likelihood of voting leave based on my own anecdotal evidence with my Facebook feed. And I don't know if there's a sort of a... um, In the same way that they were told by the... Basically the entire establishment that Brexit was a terrible idea and cracked on anyway I don't know if there's a similar thing here of actually the expert advice is you need to stay home as much as you can now and there's a sort of oh no we don't I don't need to listen to those people I'm going to carry on I'm not going to let things interfere with my life I'm going to I'm going to crack on they don't know what they're talking about it it, to me it feels similar to that in some ways a, a sort of a we don't need to listen to that expert advice we we don't need to let things get in the way of our our lives sort of thing but it doesn't um, have
0: to be like that because if you uh, if you think about, uh, people have been talking about the sort of Blitz spirit, as you say. Um, but what was, what's what's the endearing thing about the myth, if you like, of uh, of the Blitz spirit? It's that everybody pulled together and cooperated. Well, in this instance, what you need to be doing, if you want to pull together and cooperate, is stay home, don't mm-hmm. go out and interact as far as possible, and when you're doing your shopping, just buy what you need. Because the irony is, if you don't do that, what's going to happen is we're going to have World War Two style rationing. And I don't know, maybe there is a maybe there's a, a subconscious kind of part of uh, some people's minds that they've uh, that they've nostalgized the Second World War so much that they almost want
1: that to happen. Um, it is very romanticised.
0: Yeah, if you It really is.
1: It's a period that everybody seems to love to talk about, you know, even referring back to Brexit as much as we, you know, sort of beating the Jerry's back sort of mentality. Well, a virus is is not human. It doesn't feel it's just there to damage human beings. And we've just got to pull together against it, not give it two fingers up and just sort of get on with our lives because that's not going to do it. Mm hmm.
0: And we've seen this coming from our um our political leadership as well it's uh, there's more and more details coming out about mm. discussions that have been going on in government over the last few weeks um they've been more concerned about how the markets are going to react to um, yeah. you know what's what's happening we can't we can't close down businesses because um shares will will will, will plummet the markets or react badly um, never mind that oh, all of your customers might just get ill and, and die. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, and well, uh,
1: the, the important thing is economies bounce back. You can't bring people back from the grave if they die. Absolutely.
0: Ultimately, ultimately
1: that's cor- coronavirus. If it kills people, we've got to shut things down. Yeah. You know, the thing we know about capitalism is that they always rebound markets and they always crash. They always seem to lose their mind about it, and that's the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. but even if one life's lost due to this virus then that's one life too many if we could take the measures to stop that life being lost
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've just i've just seen a, a graphic on on facebook um so always treat with caution i suppose um, but mm. <laughs> uh, i mean from what i've seen in the news it looks pretty accurate um just the the tally of deaths um with with the uk side by side um with italy's Italy's is two weeks, the dates for Italy are two weeks behind what we are Mm. Um, and it's almost exactly the same um, within 10 deaths for each day. Um, It stops yesterday, we were on 233 and that's that's what Italy were on exactly two weeks ago. Mm. Um, I think the
0: the curve of infection is steeper in the UK as well because of what's happening.
2: Uh, I, I think yeah. I think the, the government is is going to have to seriously consider a, a full lockdown in the way they've done it in Italy. I think. Um, I because, think, the, again, they've got to because if that's the deaths that Italy have seen with the lockdown, you know, if you if you if you go forward two weeks from where Italy were, it, and mm. and they've had the number of deaths they've had now, and that's with a lockdown, can you imagine how many they'd have had without one?
1: It's, it's worrying, isn't it? If they go for this sort of laissez-faire approach that we've had in this country, potentially in two weeks, we could see a massive spike bigger than any other country because we, we're we being very irresponsible. We're not telling people, we're not ordering them, we're advising them. Hmm. And that sort of approach of, well, if it's just advice, like, I'll be all right or it'll be all right, don't worry, we'll just get through it and muddle through. Well, we can't just muddle through.
2: And I mean, at the start of the week, we had the bizarre situation where Boris Johnson was saying to people, don't go to bars and restaurants. But then mm. not telling, them, not ordering them to close, and it it, it was yeah. possibly the worst advice he could have given. You know, you, you've got to go one end or the other. Either you you, you carry on as normal, or you, you close the bars and restaurants. You don't sort of go for a heart. I think the the halfway house is probably the worst of the lot, in that he was saying yeah. don't go. But by the way, bars and restaurants, we're not telling you you have to close. Mm. And mm. it was it was just a strange. You know, obviously that only lasted a few days, but it it was a strange piece of advice to have put out.
0: And just bring yeah, it, back, it the- br- Sorry, just br- bring it back to sort of our particular concern. If you want to think about the impact on ordinary working people, um, a lot of people who work in the service industry have been left in the lurch by the government uh, because uh, they advise people they've basically done the worst possible thing they could have done right so they told people not to go to bars and clubs which then kills the business for bars and clubs right so bars and clubs start thinking but but there's no reciprocal thing coming from the government they're not going to subsidize those businesses at that point they're not going to pay anyone's wages they're just telling people not to go out which means businesses turn around and go, okay, we're just going to shut down and lay off all our workers, which is basically what's been happening through all of this week. So there are hundreds, hundreds, thousands of people across this country who are now, they've just been left with no work and uncertain income. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people do not understand their legal employment rights uh, inherently. So I've been trying to advise people about it, but most people don't know. Um, A lot of people might be reluctant to go on things like universal credit. The government hasn't promised anything like universal basic income to make up for it. It's done nothing about um, the Um, Mm -hmm. self-employed. And and bear in mind that self-employed, that title is used very loosely in today's gig economy. So there are a lot of people who... Um, you know, the, anyone who working for okay, t- a lot of the takeaways are, are um functioning, but that's they're, they're still classified as uh self employed. Uh, a lot of people working as promoters for nightclubs, um, sometimes they're considered or categorized as self employed, um, and they won't get their wages covered at the moment. Um, and it's an utter utter catastrophe. By the time they ordered pubs and clubs to close, and what it meant is that. In Lincoln, there were still clubs that were remaining open for the sake of their workers. There were two clubs um, that held out until the last moment, uh, until they had police knocking on their door, basically. They st- they remained open until the last minute. Um, and that, of course, will have increased the-, the risks to themselves and their patrons. Whereas what should have happened is last week, with Pope closing at the same time, We're going to close the pubs and clubs and we're going to guarantee your wages um, and hopefully as well introduce some form of universal basic income, which even Donald Trump is talking about right now.
1: Mm -hmm. It's almost as if all the ideas that we've been talking about that have been brandished as unaffordable, crazy, utopian concepts. They're actually a reality now, and what it's taken is as a crisis to completely show the system to be what it is, which is hollow and without a plan and actually, what we've seen is actually that what in in essence is socialism offers a real alternative that will look after people no matter what, no matter if they they're in a good situation or a bad situation, everybody gets looked after hmm.
0: Yeah, that's right. And we we used to assume. I mean, I always used to assume that the government had contingency plans for everything, mm. Um, mm. and that might have been the case. You know, I, I'm sure that. Oh, I used to think that there were dusty files there to be you know dusted off and and put in place in the case of a pandemic, or if we were if if we were attacked by by someone, um, obviously Russia, but it could be anyone. Um, that Once upon a time, there were uh, contingency plans in case the United States of America decided to invade Canada. Um, you know, there must have been, I thought, plans for if we ever actually did encounter extraterrestrials, all of this sort of stuff, which is quite off the wall, you know. I've always thought, well, that someone, some bureaucrat at some point will have sat down and said, what if? And yeah. this. And and okay, yeah. so aliens invading is very, very unlikely, but a pandemic is very, very likely because they yeah. happen on a, quite a regular basis throughout history. Well, we've only,
1: we had swine flu only 10 years ago.
0: Exactly. Uh, and um, SARS as well, which is actually yeah. um, probably related to the
1: coronavirus. It's a similar strain,
2: yeah. Um, be, to be honest, though, it, it, two months ago, if someone had told you the world would be the way it is now, it, it was unimaginable, really. It it I still wake up in the mornings and think, is you know, this is completely bizarre, the situation we're in.
1: Yeah, it's madness, isn't it? It,
2: it, Yeah. Do you think people are excited by that, out of interest?
1: I think some people are. They find it almost like a, you know, because you see it's very Hollywood, how it is at the moment, sort of people wearing face masks in the streets, food uh, running low in supermarkets, people fighting over it. It it is it is almost like in the movies at points, and mm. that's the problem I think is that people aren't ready for it. But what they are ready is to see almost this Hollywood thing where it'll all be happily ever after if we just continue as we do. Mm. But I, I don't think, think it will be if we if we follow that sort of template. I think
2: there is. I think obviously over. I think obviously it's the last week really that it it's got to the point where it is now. Um, I think it's the last week that is. It we've sort of you know on Monday. Uh, if you'd have told me that all bars and restaurants would would be closed, oh, uh, badly, uh, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah.
0: Do you want to start that again?
2: Yeah. People I mean, said. even on this time last week, if you'd have told me that all bars, restaurants, and gyms would would be closed, and basically everyone that's able to would be working from home, I, you know, a week ago that would have been a bizarre thing. I would I wouldn't have thought that would be true. Um, so I, th- I think we've all been dealing with that for the last week, and we probably will be for for some weeks to come. But I am interested in what, what will the long term impacts of this be um, beyond the virus itself. But you know, in terms of the political and economic impact, what, mm. what will this have in the medium term? I
1: fear. Know, carry on. Yeah. Mm, I I fear that the amount of money they're going to throw at this, they're going to use it as as an excuse for more austerity.
0: i've seen that um i've seen that argument made um do you think that they can really fool us twice
1: i well people would say well there's 350 billion has been spent and apparently it's a it is a necessity to spend that money but apparently they're they're always talking about balancing the books, and they want to be seen as responsible but i think that this Considering how cheap it is to borrow at the moment, given the situation, I think they should be borrowing this money and they should be spending it, not just in this crisis, but beyond, to invest in our public infrastructure, to invest in our services and in our staff, and make sure our NHS is properly stocked, with not with just products like PPE, personal protective equipment, but also with staff and ventilators and buildings and hospitals and ambulances and paramedics. Because at the moment, I think it's been going to be completely hollow empty and without any funding or without any substance and that's not for the effort of the of the staff in the NHS I must add
2: I think I think that we've seen clearly that the, the narrative of oh the money the money's got to come from somewhere we need to balance the books obviously that taps into something that a lot of people feel is true and um, whether rightly or wrongly I think at least mm. the last 40 years of neoliberal politics has, has prepared the ground well for that narrative and it's clearly worked so i don't think we should underestimate it but at the same time we are now living in a situation where the majority of the population is now going to be in some way or another uh immediately dependent upon the government and um, mm-hmm. whether that be mortgage write-offs rent write-offs uh payment of wages uh whether that be that they contract the virus and they have to you know access emergency services God, so, I'm now. Just oh, okay. He has to boot someone out of his out, out of his room.
1: He's he's in the dining room. There is he? Yeah.
2: Should have put a sign up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, shush. You guys Recording
0: carry on. Gonna, yeah, you guys carry on. I've just switched my mic off for a second there. Okay, it's fine. Yes, yeah, so- my my housemates just walked through. It's
1: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, essentially, we, you know, we, we we've got a situation where clearly that narrative of we need to balance the books, um, yeah, money somewhere. Clearly, that works. That taps into something people feel is true, whether rightly or wrongly. I think 40, 50 years now, of neoliberalism has prepared people and, and warped our perceptions of that sort of thing. And um, so it, it's a narrative that works. So I don't think we should underestimate it. And and yeah, it you know, does. The, the yeah. economy, the economy's in the toilet. The, the governments across the world are going to be spending enormous amounts of money, equivalent to the financial crisis, if not more. Um, there will be more, absolutely. But but that said we're also in a situation where people are having to rely on the state and the state is having to, to be involved in people's lives in a way it hasn't been since the second world war. And um,
1: yeah.
2: And you know, whenever we get over coronavirus, cause we will, and we don't know how long it's going to take and what the cost will be, yeah. we'll get over it. Um, we will of course still be smack bang in the middle of a far worse crisis, which, which is the climate crisis. um, which yeah. requires yeah. even more intervention by the state, even more spending by the state. Um, and if it's not done, it will lead to far, far more deaths. So I think mm-hmm. just part of me is hopeful that we can maybe learn from this, um, and it might well be our last chance to do so as a society. Yeah. Um, the
0: last, just to say that the last time we had a major, because I'm back now, by the way. Um, the the last time we had a major revolution in this country. Um, if you want to talk about it in real, in terms of a massive economic shift, was in the 17th century. So the English Civil War, as most people know it. Um, And that was a major catastrophe, more so than this will be, most likely. Um, A a huge proportion of the population died during the course of that conflict. Um, And it radicalised people. Um, And I think in the course of this... In the course of this outbreak, uh, I hope that the government will pull its act together and, you know, it will do what it needs to do at this point. Obviously, now it's unavoidable that hundreds, tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people are going to die because of their incompetence. Mm. Um, And there needs to be a response to that. I just can't see, when this is over, people saying... Well, yes, OK, your nan died. Um, isn't that sad? But we're just going to go on and continue cutting the NHS. I, I, yeah. can't, I just hmm. can't see that happening. However, there is something they're go- they're going to attempt to do. Bear in mind as well that in order to exercise an effective quarantine, they have had to, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't, they have had to give themselves emergency powers which I think you alluded to in a previous podcast, uh, Callum, um, mm-hmm. they may try and use those to crack down on dissent once this is finished.
1: Yeah, well, um, the emergency powers they've got currently last for two years. Yeah. So that that's, say this, at worst, they're saying 18 months this is going to last for. So that's still six months afterwards mm-hmm. in the immediate aftermath where, if we are still upset and we are still angry and we're allowed to gather and protest, they could quite easily tell us not to.
0: Yeah. And this, this is going to be, this is one of the reasons why we need to be getting our act together now, even though we can't meet physically, it's extremely Mm. important for activists on the left and maybe um, not necessarily on the left as well, but everyone is who cares about democracy and cares about civil liberties In this country and across Europe and across the rest of the world, is starting to think about what our response will be when this is finished. Because at the moment, yes, we need to stay in our homes, but we need to be crafting a narrative that says this does not happen again. We need to not just, uh, and we need to be able to invest, as you say, in our health service, get it back up to scratch, make it accountable make sure that these people aren't creaming off the profits on on the side and take, because we now have to build ventilators, for example, um, and those, those, the companies are just, who do the manufacturing, some of them are being charitable, but that manufacturing needs to be requisitioned. The government needs mm. to be producing it themselves. This is the correct response to a coronavirus outbreak. We need to uh, make sure when this is uh, when this is finished that people are actually have somewhere to go to self isolate themselves. We still need to be cracking down on homelessness because mm. because having lots of people crammed into hostels, for example, is not particularly good for uh, disease control and suppression either. Um, yes, so. Yeah. We have to make sure that this that the world is radically transformed after this change. And yes, as 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 Bradley alluded to as well, that will help immensely uh, in dealing with the even larger crisis of climate change as well.
2: I think I think the the biggest problem we'll face actually will be, and I because I've already seen it. You know what? We're we're two weeks in. Mm. Um, I've already seen people sort of saying well well it's it's a virus you can you can't be boris for that it's you know it's it's beyond politics but of course a, a pandemic isn't just a virus a pandemic is a virus that's introduced into a certain social political and economic context mm-hmm. uh, mm. uh, you know you, you don't get a pandemic just from a virus you get it from the social situations in which it's introduced mm-hmm. so if you have poor healthcare if you have poor workers' rights, which means they have to keep working um, despite potentially being at risk of infection. You know, if you have all of these things, that is going to influence whether you have a pandemic or not at all, um, let alone how much it spreads and how many die from it. And yeah. that will be our biggest challenge, is is framing the narrative on the pandemic. It, it will be politicising the pandemic because it is a political issue.
1: Yeah, it is a political issue. And I think we've got to remember that, At every great disaster the world has has met, you look back to the Second World War, what came out of that was democratic socialism across Europe. We had the NHS born out of it. What came out of the First World War? Big welfare states started to be a popular idea and it grew in this country. So this next disaster that's met our country, we've got to take it as the opportunity to rebuild Mm -hmm.
2: and make Mm -hmm. it a better
1: place so we can prevent things like this happening again yes we'll get viruses and pandemics but it's about the response and about how people are looked after in during those pandemics and indeed afterwards
0: yeah yeah do you think that the um do you think that the government is going to carry on through this because we have seen it's interesting really because the backbenchers of the tory party are often um the ones pushing for more and more free market stuff um they've actually been the ones pushing most strenuously over the last week for more protection for um self-employed people and so on um as i was talking about earlier um do you think if the government doesn't uh, reciprocate with that um that they there's a possibility it might fall
1: potentially potentially i think i don't know whether they will bring down the government but there's potential for defeats for a lot of dissent and i think mps certainly backbenchers will not want to be seen to be complicit in this in in some of the actions in the government that are damn right dangerous and endangering people's lives mm-hmm. so obviously they're going to stand up for their constituents and make sure that as many lives are saved as possible so i think they're not idiots they know they know that it's really dangerous this so so called herd immunity approach
0: mm-hmm.
1: they know that's endangering lives and effectively sacrificing a section of the population for the greater good but that's that's never going to help, really. What it's going to do is get a number of us infected. It's going to kill a lot of vulnerable people, and then we've got to count the cost afterwards. But that's not how it should be. And I mm. think I'm I'm glad to say a number of Tory MPs are realising that. I don't know whether they'll go for the reforms that we would propose, but at least they're realising that this government is is outright dangerous in what it's doing.
0: Mm. We need to we need to build uh, consensus, um, and. I think part of that will be, uh, as I said earlier, people need to pull together and stay connected. I know there have been efforts as well to uh, help people uh, who who need aid because obviously it's nice if you can go to the shops and, and buy what you want, but if you're overbuying, if you're panic buying, mm-hmm. it's stupid, don't do it because I have seen several of my friends on social media say, I can't get food for myself or my child because of what's going on. Um, yeah. but there are people who are uh, helping out. I understand there's been a, a mutual aid effort in Lincoln. Do you know more about that, Cal?
1: Uh, yes. So uh, I'm a member of the group. There initially, about a week ago, there was about three or four groups set up by a number of local people sort of in different spheres. So I know somebody involved with the local Labour Party set one up. And Then there's some other people. It's all sort of amalgamated into one now and people are posting where they're seeing shops that have got good stock. They've also got a spreadsheet set up so people can put their name and address in, so then they can help out their neighbours or if they need help, they can again use that spreadsheet to get that help. I think it's a good start and it brings certainly the community together in this time of crisis. And it does also help us realise that not everybody's selfish, not everybody's ignoring the advice and there's a lot of good people out there trying to make the best of this what is really quite a, a terrible situation that we find ourselves in.
0: Mm. And look, we need to capitalize on that. Um we need to uh, it's a bit like last year when the government tried to prorogue parliament. There was a yeah. massive collective response to that. We need to summon that, that sort of spirit again uh when this is finished because there will be attempts to carry on as usual as if nothing happened. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that's uh make sure that's not the case. Um we mentioned that uh um sorry we were talking about before we came on um we normally talk a bit about uh, the Labour leadership um so I know that's not much of a not not one of my great segues um but it's more or less we, we, it's more or less shut down obviously because you can't have uh big gatherings but i was quite impressed with rebecca long bailey coming out and saying that we need universal basic income um, yes a 12
2: and... approach to the coronavirus sorry bad thing. she's got a 12-step a guide to what needs to happen i think to the coronavirus hasn't she yes
0: yeah, so what are the 12 steps on that Oh, I've not got all them, of them in front of you. I, I, I've
2: not got the one printed me. I'll, I'll, I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring them up. But sorry, she's the only one I've seen. Sorry, correct, no, maybe, maybe Keir and Lisa have. But I, I, she's put out quite a lot of stuff on this. I think um, she's been quite proactive.
1: Mm. Yeah, she's been good. I think UBI is the next step if we're talking about radical policies during and after this virus. I think UBI is a good step to ensuring that people from all jobs, all backgrounds, all incomes are protected, and they're ultimately looked after by the state.
0: Yes. I mean, it's essential, as I mentioned earlier, for uh, people who are self-employed. Um, mm-hmm. the, the state has to guarantee our safety, otherwise there's no point in having one. Um and that includes guaranteeing access to food. I would say, um, Donald Trump is in America. You know the the the, the most right wing president of uh, in living memory is saying that we need to just write out a check to everyone. That, and that yeah. is that is eminently possible. The only reason why they are reluctant to do it is because they could turn around and say or we could turn around and say well why don't you just do that all the time and it's it's and i think that this crisis is going to change society fundamentally we talked about uh how the need to rebuild the nhs we've talked about people working from home i i i spoke to uh, my mother today i also spoke to uh, my dad he's working from home as well i've spoken to friends who are working from home the general agreement is that actually this is quite nice, right? Yeah. You can sit there and uh, you have a cup of tea. And what it's most people who work in an office like I do uh, most of the time um, do not need to be in the office a lot of the time. And the only reason why in the 21st century that hasn't become the norm, it hasn't become the norm for people to work from home, is this, over, this sense of presenteeism. Um, you can't prove that you're working unless you're there and you're working, even if you're, um, you're, you're playing like idle breakout or something like that at your desk. <laughs> you're there and, and that means that you are suffering the same misery as everyone around you uh, and therefore that's why you deserve to get paid. But this virus has given, has removed all of that because everyone has to work from home. Um, And, you know, I I think a lot of people will start thinking, and especially if the productivity level stays the same, or it might even improve. In fact, um, a lot of employers Mm. uh, um, might turn around and say, well, okay, evidently this works. It might have some side effects. Side effects, you know, a little bit like a like a treatment, if you like, um, yeah. in that uh, employers might start thinking, well, maybe we don't need premises anymore. Um, that would be an interesting uh, an interesting consequence uh, of this outbreak.
1: It um, yeah, would free up city centres, though, plenty of space then and real estate for housing. Convert yeah, that, the office
0: block. That, that could be a side effect. Of so we might see housing return. I mean, yeah, you know, some a lot of this is hugely hypothetical yeah yeah. i think we have to be optimistic um we might well see uh see things like that things opening up for housing people might actually get a better work-life balance out of this we might see the introduction of universal basic income and we might see the restoration of a proper national health service but these are all things which we are going to have to fight and argue for, and it will be a lot easier now because it's based on the real lived experience of working people. Yes. So absolutely. There's, re- there's reasons to be optimistic uh, during the course of this outbreak.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, so in the meantime, while you are uh, while you are locked down, um, we wanted to. Set some homework for our next um, show. Um, Netflix has lowered its uh, visual quality. Uh, I think by it's uh, it's down to eighty percent, so that you can all enjoy that without uh, interruptions. I hope it's working. Obviously, other streaming services are available.
1: Um, um, with Disney Plus launching tomorrow, is that so? Yeah, they've yeah. they've timed it to perfection. Really.
0: Mm-hmm good timing isn't it it's almost Fish. as if they yeah. planned it but, <laughs> hmm,
1: there's a, a conspiracy and a half
0: i know you know have, have disney got any uh, you know sort of uh, biological centers in in, in is that <laughs> going to be, be the, is that going to be the next story to come out of info wars who knows um, <laughs> but um uh, another show that I've been watching recently um on iPlayer which obviously is free to everyone at, for the time being um is Noughts and Crosses which I think is an excellent uh show and we're going to talk about it you two have told me that you're going to uh watch it uh all of the six episodes are streaming uh on iPlayer yeah. at the moment and we're going to analyze it next week so we're going to try something new on this podcast uh which is uh um pop culture reviews because i think it quite worked quite well when we talked mm. about star wars a couple of weeks ago
1: um yes i quite enjoyed that oh i missed
0: um, that one. yeah
1: no you were there we did star it, wars and, star wars and parasite we did oh yeah of course.
2: you were there yes we did yeah sorry it, it was a it was it page, obviously. sorry
1: <laughs> yeah clearly clearly made a real impression sorry. on
2: you <laughs> um
0: so yes yeah, so we, we're going to we're going to feature that ne- uh, next time um this is going to have to be our format for the time being. Um, I think we're going to try and come back next week, and we will come back next yes. week. I think got, we'll right? be back. Yeah. yeah. Um, the um, so and hopefully, I mean, we're coming to when do the uh, when does the do the polls stop for the Labour leadership? It's on the second uh, of April, isn't it?
1: Yeah, start of April.
0: So it'll be a few days before the end. So we'll be able to see how the the campaign's wrapped up by then as well. Um, Yes. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys will stay safe. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we uh, we finish?
1: Just look after yourself. Follow the guidance. Keep social distancing to a maximum. Look after your neighbour. Maybe tap into some of the local networks being sent up. And please share your toilet roll.
0: That's fine. Anything anything to add, Bradley?
2: I I couldn't put it better than Callum just heard, I think. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) I I, I absolutely agree.
0: Um, Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next week.